America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Like a chrysalis, we're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Business and the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by SAGE, energizing the success of businesses and communities around the world through the imagination of our people and smart technology. I'm Ron Baker, along with my good friend, Verisage Institute colleague and co-host, Ed Kless. And Ed, welcome to Free Rider Friday. No, oh, loving it, Ron. <laughs> Me too. So I'm going to start. I know you were in uh, Edmonton this week doing a Firm of the Future program for SAGE, right? Well, it, it was, we're calling it firm of the uh, now, but uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, future of the professions, future of the professions. Yeah. And, and then just, just some, you know, I did my, my stuff on asking effective questions, which was always fun. So a lot of, a lot of greatest hits, but then some new material, new material. Right. And, and kind of around the themes that we've been talking about with Daniel's around Daniel and Richard Susskind's book, the future yes. of the professions and some of the other interviews we've had. Yes. And so along those lines, Ed, and I know you've probably seen this, it, it got passed around quite a bit, but uh, law firm Baker and Hotstetler has hired IBM's artificial intelligence machine known as Ross to okay. handle their bankruptcy practice. Now, there's 50 <laughs> lawyers in uh-huh. this firm's bankruptcy practice, and the article doesn't say if they're going to be replaced but IBM's Ross, which is you know built on the same co- cognitive computer functions as Watson, basically, but it specializes in law. I mean, this thing can read and understand language. It can postulate hypotheses when it's asked questions, and then it can generate the responses and back up its conclusions with citations. All the while, of course, it's learning from experience. And... Of course, it's tracking all new court cases and laws coming down the pike and making sure that it's up to speed, you know, at all times. So (laughs) I thought that was very interesting and certainly uh, lends credence to the the overall premise in the book, The Future of the Professions by the Suskins, that this is happening. This is happening and this is going to happen much, much quicker than I think even you and I are prepared for. I think, I think, I think the world is really going to start to be surprised by this really quickly. I think you're right. And, and Ed, there's other law firms that have already teamed up with IBM and they'll be making announcements. I, in fact, I think one other did, and I just don't have it with me. But um, I think we're going to start to see more of these announcements. And this is just law. Accounting firms have also announced joint ventures with Watson, as I believe have some consulting firms as well. 
Yes, and I have one for you right along the same lines. This is a story from The Verge, and I'm almost tempted to think that this actually might somehow be a spoof story, but I can't can't seem to get proof of it either way. And it does it it is based on a Wall Street Journal report that a professor at the Georgia Institute of Technology was able to, I don't know, get, get finagle his way into getting Watson and used Watson as his teaching assistant mm-hmm. for for a uh, for 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 a, a, a class that he was teaching. And they only had email access to the aptly named Jill Watson. <laughs> <laughs> and the the bot was was trained by forty thousand postings in a discussion forum, and uh, only answered questions if she has a high confidence level. Seems that nobody figured this out. Wow. Right. Yep. So replaced the teaching assistant already. So this is again story from the Verge uh, from this month, March. I'm sorry, May May six, two thousand sixteen. So we'll we'll get the the show notes posted posted with this to to take a look at that. So add another profession, Ron, to uh, to to the list here, and that is college professors or at least teaching assistants. But sure. how much longer before you just add add the entire professor in there? Why not? Well, Ed, didn't you tell me that on one of the shows in the prior weeks that Watson was? Um, I know they brought him into Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. Right? Wasn't that a story? Remember for for preschool learning? That is correct. So, yeah, Sesame yep. Street was teaming up with Watson. So, and of course, the Suskins do talk about how how this technology will impact the teaching. That is one of their professions. Well, so, I got to tell you that yeah, that just 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 for me catching up because as I mentioned, doing doing a future of the professions and and firm of now work this week was really trying to get up to speed on on Bitcoin, and I I did the 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 quote end quote course from Khan Academy on Bitcoin. It was quite good actually. Mm, I bet it's about 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 I think ninety minutes long. All all all, all things totaled up. And uh, really, really well done. I learned a lot. Yeah, excellent. it was free. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually a university, I believe, in 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 South America that uh, is is all about the blockchain, and it's it's run through the blockchain, and you know your degree is time stamped and and all of that. So we'll, we can talk about that when we do a show on the blockchain, which I think is fascinating as well. Well, let me just add add this one in here. It's another small one. I don't know if you're aware, but but uh, but Bitcoin hit a 52 week high today, ah. up around 480, little 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 south of 480 dollars per per Bitcoin. Okay, cool. Uh, which is which is the highest it's been, well, since November of 2015. But then it was it was higher than a a price that was I think think over 18 months ago. So. And and they're trying to figure out what this is. There's some speculation that this is because of shifts that the Chinese are are making in their currency, and that a huge number of of uh, or some manipulation was taking place, and a lot of Chinese are getting in in into Bitcoin now. Hmm. Because there was talk, or didn't they at first? Didn't they make it illegal? <laughs> the Chinese yeah. government basically outlawed Bitcoin. 
Yeah, yeah, but you know, as as with anything on the internet, once once it's out there, there 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 are ways. Certainly, even the Great Firewall of China can't prevent everything. Yeah, for sure. And I know there's other governments that that want an e currency. You know, that want a crypto type currency. And so they're they're coming up with their own versions of of like a Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's one of the most interesting things that I've I've seen about Bitcoin and the blockchain more more specifically is that th- there there's now now talk among governments to create blockchain versions of national currencies, which I mean, I I, I think that sort of defeats the purpose, but okay. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> I know we're not supposed to have. It's supposed to do away with the central authority, right? Right, right, <laughs> and right. Distribute it. Yeah, it is the ultimate in irony. Yeah, so I wonder. So, so I wonder how many are are just moving into it so that they can understand the technology to try to figure out how to stop it. That's really, you know, that's that, that's how I think about this. Well, I, I I gotta think that that national currencies are. Or whoever is running these, obviously the the Fed and 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 those organ- central banks in other countries can't like this idea that they don't have control over the would, would not have control over the currency anymore. Right. Yeah. So. Oh no, it's a guarded monopoly for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be and, really and, interesting. Yeah, and and on 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 those lines, and I'm, I know I'm jumping around here, but these kinds are all 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 related in my head. Is did did you see that there was a, a proposal put forward to uh, change how we, the the United States does interest rates. You know, instead of instead of the Fed just deciding it, that it would be based on a uh, effectively a prediction market on uh, future GDP growth. Oh, interesting. And that that it would be it would be pegged to the prediction market for future GDP growth, which I I just started to uncover this a little bit. But what a fascinating idea! It is. I, you know, an interest rate is just like any other price. It should be set by the natural forces of supply and demand between borrowers and lenders. Mm-hmm. I, I never understood why the Federal Reserve thinks it can target an interest rate or, or has the hubris to think it knows what the correct interest rate should be, whether low or high. It's, it's insane. Yeah. They, they just think they're smarter than we are, Ron. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ed, I, uh, I, I've got another short one. How would you feel okay. if all tax returns in the United States of America, all tax returns filed, were available online and searchable by anyone? With, with identity? Like, so yeah. for example, I, I, could, I could look up your tax return? Yep. Anonymously, uh, by the way. Like you don't even know that I'm looking up your tax return. Correct. But 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 it, but I can clearly say, oh, this is this is Baker from California. Yes. Okay. Um. Well, my my initial reaction is is would be to say, now nah, I don't think that that's necessarily a good idea. But I'd have to reflect on it a little bit. You know, may, you know, I, sunshine is always a good disinfectant. So when would wouldn't be a bad idea necessarily to be able to see everyone's tax return and just there would be no no hiding about it. Well, that is one of the arguments, right? That transparency reduces bad behavior. And right. we certainly hold politicians, at least those who run for president and mm-hmm. even the MP over in 
Britain, you know, they disclose their tax returns. Although I right. guess Trump hasn't yet. But um, so that that is the argument. I mean, um, well, Ed, interestingly enough, Norway, Sweden, and Finland have this policy. Huh. Did not know that. Interesting. Everybody's tax return is online. And now Norway changed in 2000 and uh, I think one or something where they made it where you couldn't search anonymously. And once they did that, searches dropped by 90%. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I mean, <laughs> they, they call it tax porn, you know, the, for the <laughs> idly, idly curious, right? That run around and look at everybody's. But there's also some arguments against this too, right? This classic transparency versus privacy. And right. the arguments against it are, you know, you've got the, the, the curious tax porn people that are going to look around. But then you've got, you know, kids were found to be being bullied, you know, because of their parents' income, whether low or high. And um, some of the rich became targets for, you know, the thieves' next hit, kidnappings, that type of thing. Mm. So the economists kind of said, no, this is not a good idea. The, 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 the good arguments don't outweigh the, the bad effects and we should not have this. But... Boy, it really made me think about why. What would happen if all tax returns were online? Yeah, I mean, like I said, my my initial reaction would be to certainly be worried about the privacy issue. I mean, I guess clearly as a libertarian, to, I thought you would just go nuts with this right out of the gate. Well, well you, yeah, <clears throat> you yeah. Go nuts I mean, with the I, fact that we file a tax return, I understand. That's right. That. Exactly. Exactly. So. <laughs> So, so I, I, I see where this is this is heading. I don't like the fact that the the, the, the government is is revealing it. Uh, you know that that that's that's really the issue. You know. So, uh, but but I see I see what what the the thought process behind it is to just say, hey, let's just 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 make it so that every, there there is total transparency and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with 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 no. <laughs> I, I'm with final, you. Final I, answer. Gonna, That's my final answer. <laughs> okay, good. I'm, I'm going to go with no as well. Okay, well, folks, we need to take a break. But I'd like to remind you that you can contact Ed or myself. And, and many of you have been sending us emails and tweets. We really appreciate it. Um, and you can do that at asktsoe at verisage.com or hit us on Twitter at, at asktsoe. And now we want to hear from our sponsor, Leading Results. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Is your website just a brochure or is it your best salesperson? If your site is not the best lead generation tool you have, we should talk. We are leading results. We build websites and marketing programs that impact your bottom line. Using HubSpot or WordPress, we'll create a website and supporting marketing program that gets your business found, converts web visitors to leads, and provides clear tracking on what is and is not working. Learn about our team and approach to your success. Visit leadingresults.com slash TSOE to find out more. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have, but have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. 
The value of this book is found entirely in its foreword. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the foreword and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Yes, it's Free Rider Friday here on the Soul of Enterprise. And, Ron, I've got to whip out my proud papa brag brag story of the, of the month. Okay, good. So my son, who's 10, is, uh, as I've, I've previously reported, uh, really into baseball, as am I. We love baseball. He, he did something his old man never did, and that is he, he, hit, he hit a over-the-fence home run. And it, uh, my wife was w- was able to get it on video, which is another amazing thing. Wow! Got, and, and everything, and the way he hit it, not only did he she get the swing, but she actually got most of the flight of the ball, and even as the ball disappears be- behind the fence, which is you know really fantastic. But so that's that's the brag part. Now, segueing in to. It follow on to our story on on future professions and yet another example of professions potentially going by the wayside i read i read here from the story that was generated by the system that we use to track the statistics for our 10 year old baseball team um those of you not familiar, uh, you know, baseball is obviously a big statistics game. When when I was growing up, we had these big scorebooks where we used to track, you know, where where did everybody hit the ball and, uh, you know, what happened in the game. And it's called, you know, called scoring the game and a, a big scorecard that you would have to do this. Well, now there's there's an app for that, of course. And the app is called, interestingly enough, Game Changer, which is just kind of interesting in and of itself. So. We have a, one of the parents is a, is volunteers and and they they score the game in in real time. Now, a couple of things that this allows you to do is for, first of all, if you're connected cellularly, that people who are might be traveling like myself sometimes, I can actually follow the course of the game and pit, pitch by pitch, right. To, to to see what's going on on these games, and you know, grandparents can can tune in and and see what's going on. Then it also tracks the statistics, but it also does like spray charts for ten-year-olds. You know what a spray chart is, Ron? Mm, where every, where everything was hit and went right, and all right. that. So you, can, so you can actually start to play shifts on ten-year-olds, which is ridiculous. Mm. But anyway, mm-hmm. we, we we haven't done that, thank goodness. But the other thing that it does is at the end of uh, after it posts the statistics up on the up, up on the internet, and everybody has you know access to it on the team. It creates a story about the game. 
Right. So here I'm I'm re- I'm reading to you now from the story that was generated for this, and it's just a, cu- a couple sentences that I, that I read. I won't read the whole thing, but so my son's team name is unfortunately the Royals, which is the team that the Mets played in the World Series last year. So I have to like you know shake. Just <laughs> I have to just come to terms with that. But okay, so the Royals seized victory thanks to a late double, dropped the NTX Eagles ten to five. The Royals outlasted the NTX Eagles on Tuesday, after four lead changes, squeaking out a ten five win. Sean Kless racked up two RBIs on two hits for the Royals. He singled in the third inning and homered in the fourth. The Royals jumped up to an early 1-0 lead in the top of the first. Triple by Jackson J and scoring Hudson Z started the inning off. And it just goes on from there. And no two stories are alike. And I defy someone to say that you could, you could tell that this was written by a bot. No, sounds like it's right out of the sports pages. Yep. Yep. Now, you know, it's not getting quotes from players and stuff like that. So there's still still that to be done. But point being, the actual reporting of the facts, which is what, really what journalism should be anyway. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Shocking. <laughs> um, it, is, is now done by the spot. And it's a it's a it's a company called Narrative Science. And I'm sure that there are other companies that do this as well. Uh, that you know can can write not only stories about s- scores and 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 ball games, but you know I, I bet you I bet you the TPS report is coming next, Ron. Do you remember the TPS report from uh, Yep, absolutely. From office it's, Space. I mean, I you know they're, they're, there's going to be a bot that's going to be able to write the TPS report. You don't you're going to need the TPS report anymore. You know, Forbes and Fortune have already deployed this software to write financial uh, you know analysis of like public company announcements of their quarterly earnings and stuff like that. These things are already being used in, in the newspapers that we may read every day. Yep. Even the Huffington Post has mm-hmm. had articles written entirely by software. Yep. So Pretty incredible stuff. Yeah, incredible that, stuff. That's awesome. So, where, was, anyway. uh, where was the home run hit in the pitch sequence, Ed? Was it, did he have a count on him or was it? Yes. It was a, it, so, and I'll, 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 of course, I'll put up the video for those people who are so interested. But uh, th- it was a 3-2 count and he, uh-huh. it, was a high, it was a high pitch. But you also have to recall that it was the, was the fourth inning. And by this time, you know, the umpires of a 10-U game are, are, you know, anything that doesn't bounce before the plate or go over the backstop is pretty much a strike. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so he he was protecting the plate. He did the right thing. I mean, it's it's kind of a tomahawk shot chop, but uh, sure. but yeah, but it but it was a, you know it's a good stroke. But anyway, I I, I just I just thought it was re- really interesting to t- tie this in that we're 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 seeing this just in in almost all aspects of our lives right now, and it's right before us, and we and some of us are, we don't even see it. We don't even know it's there. Yep, yep. It's just going to become more and more pervasive. I think. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I got one, Ed. I think I talked. To, I mentioned this uh, in the last week or the week before. But envy at thirty thousand feet. This is again from the Economist. Resentment of first-class passengers can be a cause oh. of air rage. Now, it, these. This is a study conducted by two two professors, Catherine DeSells at uh, University of Toronto and Michael Norton of Harvard, and. They find that passengers are more prone to misbehavior if they see other passengers having a better experience. (laughs) So they're 3.8 times more likely to be unruly. 
And air rage, you know, is that what they call this? Air rage, is that? Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Envy at 30,000 feet. And this was published actually in the Proceedings of the, of, of the National Academy of Sciences. And, uh, you know, I, I look at this and I think to myself, okay, we obviously can't say that cause, causation and causality run the other way here. <laughs> Right, <laughs> right, right, but, right. But this right. is such a ridiculous, this is just one of those junk science studies. You'll never be able to replicate it. And, mm-hmm. you know, the the remedies that they propose, and I'll just give you one. Um, they say, well, Boeing and Airbus need to put entrances in the middle of the plane. Oh, please. So. <laughs> Yeah, so irrespective of what that does to the aerodynamics of the plane or the cost, right. or thing, you know, or refitting airports and, you know, jetways. Uh-huh. Yeah, we should do that just to, you know, if, if this is, it just leads me to believe Michael Novak was so right when he wrote in his book that envy is just like the, the number one destructive force in civilization. Mm. He, he thinks it's envy that, that topples civilizations or cultures. And, and I think it's a really good point. I mean, if we if we even take this at all seriously, um, we're we, we're gone. <laughs> and luckily, at least when I read this, there were thirty or so odd comments, and most of them just said, "This is junk science. This is ridiculous." Uh, one guy suggested, "Well, the coach people in the back should be laughing all the way to the bank." <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's Rory Sutherland's point, right? That airlines are practically socialist. This redistribution of the wealth right there in front of you. Uh, absolutely. But one guy did suggest, well, you know, the airlines seem to be breeding this because they they uh, let the first class passengers on first and then they start serving them as the coach passengers are walking through. What do they expect? Mm-hmm. It's like you get life. You know, if you fly 200,000 miles a year, yeah, you should be able to get on the plane first, take your seat. And get your champagne or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just this. I can't, I can't even believe this is an issue. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. So uh, this is several years ago. We we were going on a family vacation, and we're we're out at out at DFW, and it's 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 the four of us. And of course, because I have status, as soon as they call, you know, platinum or executive platinum, whatever it was, all four of us get, you know, online and get on the plane. And some woman, you know, kind of grabs at my wife as, and, and, and says, you know, um, you know, w- what does that mean, executive platinum? Why are you allowed? It? And Christine turned around and said to him, it means your husband's away a lot. <laughs> yeah, it means I never get to see my husband. <laughs> <laughs> Getting on the plane. <laughs> so anyway, that well, that, that's just absurd. And, and I'm, glad to, I'm glad. I'm glad to see at least the Economist readers have some sense and and are poo pooing it and saying it's completely ridiculous because it is. Right. Well, I mean, one guy pretty intelligently wrote, "This is the kind of junk science that, you know, makes people ignore real science when something real comes out. You know, because of all this junk that comes out as well. It's hard mm-hmm. to sift through. You know, the good from the bad." Mm-hmm. I, I take it these guys would not be in favor of the Rory Sutherland solution of, hey, listen, if you pay over a certain amount in tax, you get to use the handicap lane. Oh, no <laughs> the way. H- or the, HOV, the HOV lane. The HOV lane, yeah, no way. That, that 
you know, they, uh, I, you know, our, our late friend, Paul O'Byrne used to give me, uh, used to really ride me about what he termed the Lexus lanes where there's mm. private roads here and some in California. I think we were driving on one and he just found the whole thing ridiculous that you could pay and avoid the traffic. He thought he, that just offended him. <laughs> really? That's funny. Cause they have a, they have a queen. <laughs> I, I know, I know. It's great. <laughs> Whatever. All right. <laughs> lot. All right. Well, you know, Ron, it's flying by again, so we're up against a break here. But we want to let all of our readers know that we will be posting show notes up to thesoulofenterprise.com, as we always do, and previews. And look for a new feature coming up soon. It's not quite ready yet, but we're trying to get a better archive and a better organized archive around all of our shows so that you'll be able to very easily see what's coming up and and and, and, li- and even search and listen to what we've what we've said and done in the past. So we, we hope that will be up and running in the next couple of weeks. Uh, as always, you can get a hold of us by sending us an email at asktsoe at verisage.com. But right now, we want you to hear from our sponsor, Quanta CRM. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We believe great companies can become even greater by challenging the status quo within their companies. The latest challenge to your status quo? The way people buy has changed. Buyers now control the majority of the front end of the sales process. Sellers must learn to facilitate a buying process, not conduct a sales process. Social buying signals are an opportunity for sales. Learn more. Go to quantacrm.com slash ABC to request a copy of the white paper, Always Be Closing, a guide to the new art of social selling. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're here doing Free Rider Friday, talking about a whole hodgepodge of different things. So, Ed, what's up? Well, found this in a, a website called Above Avalon, and this is talking about a pivot in Apple R&D spending. Mm. And they, what they believe is that there is a, Apple is about to, to make an, an absolutely huge pivot based on their, their research in, in R&D numbers. 
Um, everybody's and, and they said that this is this is classic Apple. I mean, even going back to the time of Stephen Jobs, everybody's focused on Apple's you know path forward and the slowing iPhone sales and try, how they're going to figure out how to monetize the user phone base and not you know blah 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 blah. And what they're saying is is that Apple is now on track to spend more than ten b billion dollars on R&D in 2016, which is up nearly 30% from 2015. Wow. Right? So that is incredible considering, and this is, it just, this article just keeps going on and on and on, and it just, it blows your mind, right? Okay, so 10 B with a billion uh, R&D in 2016, up 30%, 30, uh, I'm sorry, they only spent 3 billion Four years ago. Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> right? So this is just absolutely incredible what Apple is doing just from an R&D perspective. And it's, it's, and it's rapidly, rapidly growing. Now, a lot of people think that this is, majority of this is, is Project Titan, which is the, which is the car. car. Yeah. Right? So, but this, this article says it, they could be spending half of it on the car. <laughs> And, and still be spending a boatload of money on something else. On something else, yep. Right? So, th- so th- th- this is a be, be prepared for a huge pivot yeah, from Apple in you know, 20, 2017, 2018. Just on that, Ed, did you happen to see the diagram of their new building? I did not, no. <laughs> it looks like a, you know, the on button that you push, you know, on your phone. You know, the little uh-huh. button that you hit? It, yep, yep, it, yep. It's designed to look like that. It's circular. It's kind of like the Pentagon, but it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's beautiful. It, uh-huh. Well, the Pentagon's not circular, but, but it, it, this one is. It's, it looks like a button from the top. It, right. And it's stunningly gorgeous. I saw a picture right. of it somewhere on Facebook, I think. There's something out there on it. Wow. So, but wow, that is amazing. I mean, ten billion is a lot of money. You know, we always bash corporations for being short term and only playing the next quarter. And then you look at companies like Apple, like even Amazon, Google. You know, these outfits are putting money into R and D and future technology. That's amazing. Oh, just it really. I mean, this it's really unfathomable. We we can't. What 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 does ten billion dollars in R and D translate into? Really, I mean. <laughs> it's it's um, absolutely incredible. Yep. Kind of goes with our theme that, you know, it's all about risk taking, right? I mean, there's no guarantees yep. with this stuff, especially yep. at this level. Yep. <laughs> it's one thing to come out with a new generation phone that, you know, has probably got a, you know, pretty secure market, but. <laughs> right. And which I'm sure, which I'm new. sure they're going to do. I mean, that we're, we're due for, we're due for a phone refresh. And I think they'll be, be, be talking about that in June. So we'll see what happens there. But by the way, this article does report that the latest cash reserve number is two hundred and thirty-three billion. <laughs> <laughs> does that include what they have parked overseas because they can't bring it back because of the? Yeah, well, th- th- this says. Yeah, you're the accountant. So this is the sentence. It says in re- it, this actually says in reality, cash, Apple is constantly suffering from it from this resource. A, a strain, despite having 233 billion of cash and cash equivalents on the balance sheet. So, mm. what does that what does that mean? Cash and cash. Yeah, well, like CDs or you know, short term liquid type things that they can get at pretty quick. 
Okay, so not receivables, nothing, not, no uh, other kind of assets like those that. Are, those are those are cash, meaning you could get it today if you had to, or tomorrow. <laughs> no, I'd like to see them go up to the bank. Okay, we need it now. <laughs> Can we? <laughs> but that's All really of- exciting. That means they could be coming out with some new products that are really, you know, game changers. Right, hopefully, right, right, right. In, in, you know, in addition to the car. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Very cool. Well, I've got a few stories here that are kind of interrelated. So I'm going to start with the one that kind of, I think, kind of encapsulates all of them, which is in The Economist from now. This goes back to March 26, 2016, but it was titled Too Much of a Good Thing. Profits are too high. America needs a giant dose of competition. That's the name of the article. And they said that profits were near record highs relative to GDP. That in 2014, the top 500 listed firms made 45% of global profits. They did attribute some of it to pricing power. They said mm-hmm. these guys have, you know, have, have pricing power. Now, they didn't talk about professional pricers, <laughs> but I do think that's part of this story, by the way. I've always maintained that, that, you know, the fact that uh, pricers have, have made more headway into the C-suites of companies has made them more profitable. It's one of the reasons profits have been so resilient, even through the recession and all of that. Uh, But the economist asserts because of the market size of our economy, you know, 18, 19 trillion dollar economy, prices should be lower than they are. Don't ask me how they know that, by the way. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. I, I mean, you know, we're also richer which means we, you know, we'd be more willing and able to pay for for certain things. Um, but they said that the returns in the U.S. are forty percent higher than they are abroad. Okay, well that makes sense. Um, although you know that is kind of interesting when you think about that too, that they're getting higher returns overseas. But the, that might just be a function of the fact that they're bigger markets. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got one point three, you know, billion people in China and almost the same in India or whatever. Um, but The Economist argued in this article that these profits are suspiciously persistent. Today, there's an 80% chance that a company will still be profitable after 10 years. In the 1990s, it was only a 50% chance. So, you know, and then, of course, they do, they do mention that the tax system encourages companies to park profits abroad. They do mention, I give them credit, that regulations keep competitors out mm-hmm. <laughs> right so um but they also blame companies for abusing their monopoly positions you know you've probably seen the euro uh, commission is going after google right on their android platform for being rigged for their searches their products you know the fact that you have to have google chrome installed as the apps and you know they're 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 going after google in europe it's it's just it's it's absurd to me. I mean, it, it yeah, it, you know, it, it, Europe Europe has cr- crushed its own innovation, and now they're trying to reach out and crush our innovation indirectly. And right. you know, I, I I hope I hope Google just expands in China and tells Europe to go stuff it. That's what I hope. That is actually one of the things that some people in Great Britain have said. Is we, you know, Europe doesn't have any high tech companies of it, of its own, so it's got to bash the Yanks. <laughs> <laughs> just just one more thing on this, Ed. Microsoft is making double the profits today than it was during the antitrust suit. 
So, you know, this is kind of interesting, you know, to, to, to attack profits. I mean, usually it's profits are anemic and we're worried about this or that. You know, they're kind of seen as a leading indicator in some areas of the economy. Um, the, of course, the economists' reforms are always very interesting. You know, they, they believe we should modernize antitrust laws. Mm-hmm. Um, they do take on copyright and patent laws. They, they, they are believer that they need to be loosened. And that is something. Yeah, I would, that, and I would agree with that. I, I, I would, would agree with that too. I can get on board with that. And they took on occupational licensing reform. They said that that really needs to happen. Um, but it was just really interesting because, um, you know, I, obviously I think there's a whole lot of things that go into the profitabilities of companies and, and you know, smarter pricing, better strategy, right? Sticking to your knitting and, and not paying the diversity tax, maybe, and all of those types of things. But I think there's there's another untold story here, and those are what my next two topics deal with. So I'll I'll back off now. I'll let you go next, and then I'll I'll when I do my next ones, I'll tie it all together. Oh, okay. Well, I I guess my next one is is an interesting thing that I came across that I have not yet begun to use, but I just wanted to share with you and our uh, our 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 audience, and maybe somebody has has used some of this. It's it's a uh, it's a it's a, 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 a virtual assistant, right? And it's I, I'm trying to it's called Amy, but the website that I'm on is x.ai, x.ai. That's okay. that's the website. And what this does is it allows you to add a CC to any email that comes in where somebody's making a meeting request, right? Mm-hmm. So in the example that they show is like, okay, so, so say you get a you get a meeting request from from Mary, right? And says, hey, you know, Ed, I want to. It was nice to meet you last week. I want to, you know, meet you over coffee, right? Can we swing some by? Well, you reply and you say, sure, right? And then you CC this Amy at x.ai.com and says, Amy. Can you find 30 minutes for coffee in my office? <laughs> and Amy will go out and suggest, okay, sure. Uh, here, here's, here's where you have time in your calendar. Hi, Mary. Happy to get something together. And uh, the best, uh, the, the, uh, here's, the, here's the place that Greg likes to meet at uh, near, near, near his office. Will this work? <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I mean... I, I gotta. I'm gonna try to play with this next week, but I gotta think that something like this for you, because you you know you kind of kind of run a solo shop, that that would be awesome for you. Oh well, you know just what a pain it is to to coordinate a a Skype call or a conference right. call. That's I what mean, I'm saying. You, like you could just yeah, say, okay, yeah, yeah, add add. You know, sure, I'd love to meet with you, Amy, my v- digital assistant. Schedule a meeting with Fred. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That would be pretty cool. So I'm gonna. Pl- I'll play with this and report back on a future Free Rider Friday. But I, I, I think I just, I just happened to stumble into this that somebody tweeted about it, and 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 just checked it out. And it's been up, it's been up on my browser for a couple of days. As as I mentioned, I've been traveling, so I haven't had a chance to play with it. So we'll see. We'll let you is know. Is it a startup ad or is it part of a? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, 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 no. It's a startup. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. So that is really neat. Hmm. Well, listen, why don't we jump to a break and then we'll have a little bit longer segment where we can finish off on uh, Perfect. 
couple things I have left. But folks, we would like to remind you, you can contact Ed or myself at asktsoe at verisage.com. And please check us out at thesoulofenterprise.com and go to the live events page and you'll see where uh, both myself and Ed will be speaking uh, in public. And if you're in the neighborhood, we'd love for you to come out and say hi. Uh, And now we want to hear from our sponsor, Sage. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Four new employees. A 20% increase in revenue. Being one of the 9 million women business owners in the U.S. These are your proudest numbers, your landmarks of growth and success. Sage helps you achieve business milestones with cloud and software solutions that lead to deeper financial insights. Believe in your numbers. See what Sage can do for your business. Visit believeinyournumbers.com today. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back, everybody. We're here doing Free Rider Friday, and uh, Ed, I have one, and I think it kind of ties into Profits Are Too High, the, the story I gave last segment. This one okay. is cr- Crony Capitalism and the Spigot of Government Subsidies. Um, this was just a, a newspaper article by a syndicated columnist. Uh, you know her. She's uh, Veronique DeRugi. She's a yes, senior uh-huh. research fellow at George Mason University. Very hard name to pronounce, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, she wrote that Elon Musk, okay, who, you know, everybody loves Elon Musk. Uh, you know, he appears on the Big Bang Theory. He's a big hero. He's worth $14.3 billion. He started X.com uh, from the profits of his first company, I think. I think it was his first company or one of them, which was called Zip2 which mm-hmm. was basically the first online yellow pages, if you can believe that. And then that XCOM ended up merge, merging with uh, Confinity, and then, of course, that became PayPal. Mm-hmm. Well, Mr. Musk has three companies now. He's got, of course, Tesla Motors. Mm-hmm. He's got Solar City, that has office space, by the way, in Solyndra, <laughs> where they yeah. used to be. <laughs> uh, and, of course, he's got SpaceX, Right. And 
Veronique details how he's received $4.9 billion, with a B, in government support and subsidies. Oh, my. Not one of his current entities is profitable. Tesla Motors has received $1.3 billion from Nevada alone to build his giant you know, battery factory out there. Mm-hmm. The U.S. Department of Energy, of course, subsidizes his Tesla cars, $7,500 tax credit, federal tax credit, if you buy one of these. You get a $2,500 one by the state, from the state of California, by the way. Now, Ed, these are cars that cost somewhere between eighty grand and 115000 you know, the Model S. I know he's coming yep. out with a cheaper one. And, right. uh, you know, I don't know if the, the tax credit's going to change on those, but uh, I would imagine it might not. I don't know if there's a sliding scale on those or not. Um, right. Solar City has received $300 million in federal grants and tax incentives. And SpaceX has received $20 million from your great state of Texas to build his facility, one of his facilities mm-hmm. there. And he's gotten $5.5 billion in government contracts from NASA and the Air Force. And his SpaceX, by the way, has the ultimate goal of enabling people to live on other planets. Now, I'm kind of split on this. I mean, this guy's obviously a welfare queen. I mean, I know he's really smart, but he's sucking at the federal trough here, which just annoys Mm -hmm. the heck out of me. I'm not, however, as annoyed with him getting state subsidies, you know, like... um, forbearance on real estate tax if that's part of what's going on in Nevada and even Texas um, because you know that to me is like the 50 experiments right that's why the founders set up the states and states have to compete you know for businesses and and if one of the ways they attract them is to reduce their taxes I'm, I'm okay with that um, right but you, you, well I, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent okay with it I'm I'm more okay with it than I am the federal government giving this guy's product subsidies. <laughs> the well, federal yeah, government sure. has no business doing this. Well, and plus the fact that if, if Texas gives Elon Musk a break, it doesn't affect you. Like I, it, whereas I could say that that would bother me more. Yeah. Right? And if, um, if you really get upset about this, you can leave Texas. Right. But if right. I get upset about the federal government doing it, where do I go? Cuba? Right. Um, no. No. Now, it's interesting, the, the government contracts, especially with NASA and the Air Force, that, that, that kind of facets, fascinates me. I don't have the details on what that is, but um, I'm, I'm not sure the government has a role here either <laughs> to, to fund the mission of enabling people to live on another planet. It well, seems yeah. like Mr. Musk should spend his own money on his own wild ideas. I, I, I completely agree with that. And then, you know, it's the same thing. Who was a T Boone Pickens a number of years ago with his plan to get everybody on natural gas. And I was like, well, great. As long as you're doing it on your dime, I'm all in favor of it. And he wanted, you know, tax breaks and all this from the federal government to, to do that. And look, I, I see what you're saying that it's 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 better that it's at the state level because then at least you can argue against your state doing it and lobby and who you know who in your state votes for this stuff and try to vote them out. I I, I still object when it's not when it's when it's not equally um, applied right when it's when it's crony capitalism even at the state level that that bothers me why should why should one company get a break and and in Texas it it it, it does happen relatively often that you know we use i forget what the 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 instrument is but it's like a tax relief 
uh, fund or something, and it's a it's a very specific type of tax credit where you blight certain land mm-hmm. in in order to get give people breaks on it. So you know, there's a there's a big I think it's a Cabela's here in in Allen, Texas. That the way that they lured him here is to say, okay, yes, they blighted the land, which was honestly farmland that was not doing anything when it, when they did build on it, right? So it wasn't like they they did eminent domain to take it away from people who were actually using it, which is, you know, better. But what they said was, okay, you can, ha- and you won't have to pay any property tax or school tax on it for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously? Yeah, I like, know. You know. That bothers me, that those special carve-outs for specific companies. And, you know, then, then you have others that uh, that that won't take the funding and you know I probably j- realize I just bashed maybe the wrong but is the Bass Pro Shops one of them Bass and Cabela's are competitors with one, mm-hmm. one another and one of them will take these tax credits the other one, one won't right yeah. right yeah I do remember reading about that yeah so, and my apologies to whoever I <laughs> slammed and shouldn't have. I well, should have had my back straight on it well, you know, Ed, we, 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 we give this thought experiment when we teach economics about, you know, imagine that, uh, you know, you, these four people go before a government board with an idea to fund a, a new business and who and which one will the government fund. And we always give the example of, a, you know, a, a student who's got a C-plus term paper that he wrote for a business idea. Uh, we've got a failed haberdasher standing there with his idea for a new business. We've got a... a you know, six-month junior college dropout with his idea, and we've got a Harvard dropout with his idea, and the question is, or you've got GM, and now, of course, I'm going to put in Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, who's right. the government going to invest in? And, of course, they're going to invest in the one that's visible and the one that, you know, right. they cut a ribbon in front of. I mean, like Gilder says, the the dog is always the politician's best friend, but who are the other people? Well, the C-plus term paper is Fred Smith from FedEx and you know, right. the failed haberdasher, Sam Walton from Walmart, and the six-month junior college dropout is Rush Limbaugh. You know, like like him or love him, he he redid and saved AM radio, and of course, mm-hmm. the Harvard dropout is is Bill Gates. But you know, it, this just shows you that when the government's involved in doling out these favors, it goes to the politically connected. It doesn't mm-hmm. go to the ones that take care of their customers and add the most value. And that's yeah. another thing that's really offensive about it. So that's my yeah. rant, Ed. I've got All right. Well, good. <laughs> but but good. it's another I reason. Of I your think, rant. I, I think it's another reason why these profits stay so high, you know, and and it can't be ignored mm-hmm. because you know Musk is waxing it rich, even though his companies are quote unquote not profitable. He's doing quite well, thank you very much. Well, yeah, and if it's and if it's due to subsidy, that's that's that that's not good. I mean, I actually had a little thing. I think this was a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't mention it, but uh, you know, SpaceX did successfully land a reusable Falcon Nine rocket. As, I think this was as a follow-on to us uh, interviewing Rick Searfoss. But mm-hmm. uh, again, and that's great that they're making progress. But you know, pony pony up, Elon. Use your own use your own cash. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like you don't have any. (laughs) (laughs) We shouldn't be subsidizing your hobbies. (laughs) That's exactly right. Exactly right. So, hey, Ron, one more quick one here that's related to some of the stuff we were talking about earlier. And it's 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 an IBM story, but the the source of the story does not specifically mention Watson. Mm -hmm. But this is this is the headline, and it's from a website called Second Nexus. So, again, I'm 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 always 
squir- what the squirrely name, so I'll hopefully be able to do a little bit more research on it. But uh, researchers at IBM and the Institute of Bioengineering and Nanotechnology in Singapore have created a macromolecule, and it's one giant molecule made up of similar subunits that might treat multiple types of viruses and infection. So this goes on to say that this 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 might be a, something that would would not only because it, it attacks viruses in a new way by electrostatic charge. And then once it's in proximity, it attaches itself to the virus and renders the virus incapable of attaching itself to other healthy cells, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what, they, what they think this might be able to do is an, an end to all viral infections, like Love all. It. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Awesome, Ed. Well, we're up against it. So what's up for next week? Next week, we are going to talk about a, a topic that we have bandied about a couple of times, I think, on Free Rider Friday. And that is, is universal basic income. Should we just give people money instead yeah, so of all of these other welfare, welfare programs? Shout out um, this to Landon Lovell, who tweeted us about this. So Landon, we're going to devote a whole show on this because we think it's a fascinating topic. So Ed, I'm really looking forward to that. I'll see you in 167 hours. This has been the Soul of Enterprise, Business, and the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by Sage, energizing the success of businesses and communities around the world through the imagination of our people and smart technology. Join us next week, folks, on Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. In the meantime, please check out our show notes at thesoulofenterprise.com. We will post everything that we discussed today, including the backup articles. And you can contact Ed or myself at asktsoe at verisage.com. Keep those iTunes reviews coming in, folks. We really appreciate that. Thank you for listening, and have a great weekend. 